welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Well, good afternoon or good morning or good evening, whenever this might be, to Hope City Church and Pastors Jake and Jenny. Just so appreciate getting to know the two of you from Calgary and now uh, seeing what's happening with the new network with Ministers uh, Network Canada. You guys have just been a great inspiration and a great blessing to us. And we just want to just say thanks on behalf of uh, Kathy and myself to the two of you. For those of you today from Hope City that don't know me, my name is uh, Pastor Rick Shimatero. I live over in Puce, right outside of uh, Windsor, Ontario, Canada. I pastored a church here for almost 40 years called WCF Windsor Christian Fellowship and turned that over uh, just under two years ago to our son, Pastor RJ. And Kathy and I are now are just doing apostolic work throughout Canada, just being a net to the nets and connecting uh, relationships with one another. And I just want to say it's an honor to be with you all. Uh, all today. And so what's really on my heart to share is, taken from the scriptures today, is the time frame of history that we're in. We're in isolation right now. We know there's a lot of incubation. There's a lot of things that are being birthed inside of us, even at this very moment. But this did not catch God off guard. This did not catch, uh, it shouldn't have really caught us as believers on guard because people ask me all the time, is this, is this the end of the world or is this the last of the last days or what? And I have to agree that it would be only because the check marks that God's word gives us. And he, Jesus said in Matthew, and I'll read this as my text and then we'll go right into that. He said in Matthew 24, three, he said, Jesus said on the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately and said, tell us when all these things will happen. And that was when not one stone would be left upon another, uh, speaking of the city of Jerusalem, which was fulfilled by the Roman Emperor Titus in the year 70 AD, where he just leveled the entire city. But then he said two other questions that was very interesting. He said, and what shall be the signal of your return and the end of the world? So tell us when all this is gonna happen. So Jesus goes very, very simply and gives us, and the Apostle Paul reiterated these here over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, as well as in Luke chapter 21, as well as in Mark chapter 13, we can see these same illustrations. Even Luke 17 brings out other parables to describe that. We have the entire book of Revelation that it uh, parallels with Thessalonians that got the teaching from Jesus. So not here to do a whole teaching on eschatology, but one of the aspects of the characteristic trait of endurance. And so the writer said, Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I'm the Messiah, and they will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic, yet these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will rise uh, to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And the word kingdom speaks of ethnos groups within those groups. So people groups within a country speaks of civil wars and things of that their nature. And boy, we've seen all these here things. And he goes on and he says, there will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the birth pains, which more to come. And then, the word then is brought out 3,978 times in Scripture. It means immediately following, immediately afterwards. He says, then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed, and you will be hated uh, all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. 
and sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. Now, a lot of believers actually believe this is, has nothing to do with the church. This is uh, just the Jews during this year time frame of history. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not here to split hairs with anyone, but I see it totally different in there because the persecution going on now and there's 39 hotspots uh, that are located around our world today that they're killing more believers for their faith today than they did in the early church. And if you want to check out those statistics, you can just go to Open Doors Canada or Open Doors in the United States. And both of them have all the web pages and the picture of the world map. And you'll see there the nations where the red is the greatest persecuted nations in the world. But it says over there, the love of many shall wax cold. And what I've recognized is, if this is just the Jews, then the love is the agape love that God has deposited into us when we got born again. And it said, it didn't say a few, but it said the love of many would wax cold. If you look at the process of waxing cold, it's over a period of time. It doesn't just cool off overnight, but it's over a period of time. They allow offenses to come in, or they allow hurts or bitterness or uh, unresolved conflicts, unhealed hurts. Uh, these are the issues that hit our lives as believers, and those are the things that the believers then are, at this time did not process, and so they get stuck. And what happens? Their love grows cold over a period of time towards God, and of course, it's going to manifest itself one towards another. But he said something else. He said, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And it's not speaking of coming to the new birth or salvation, but it's speaking about preserved right through to the end, the keeping power of the Holy Spirit over my life and, the, and, and your life. And then he says, but, the one, uh, but then he says in the gospel, the good news of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. So it's not going to come before, it's going to come uh, at the end, after the gospel has been preached in all the world. And I literally believe this with everything in me, the greatest harvest in history is here right now. And so I believe you're going to see light get brighter and brighter, if you want to term it, and darkness get uh, darker and darker, as we can see that from the prophet Isaiah. It says the, the glory of God's going to be manifested upon you. It's going to be seen upon you, the visible glory of God. And I believe this is the time frame of history that we're entering into. But if you notice, there's a characteristic that the Son of God brought out to all of us about enduring to the end. And when we, when we hear that word endure, it doesn't speak about uh, uh, just uh, torment. It doesn't speak about just pain. But it speaks about an attitude of heart and a motivation of heart that's going to persevere, that's going to continue in a steadfast course, regardless of the circumstances that are hitting them. First Thessalonians says the same way, same thing it says in First Thessalonians 4. It says, he which is alive and remains to the coming of the Lord shall not precede those that have gone on. The word remains literally speaks about surviving through difficult challenges and things that can come our way there. So I've always believed this, that adversity, the more adverse situations that you face and confront in your life, it's always an opportunity. First Corinthians tells us that. Paul said, a great open door is before me, and there are many adversaries. The adversaries were a confirming word that they were in the center of the will of God, not out of the will of God. And so I've recognized this over uh, the last 45 years of tracking with God's spirit by the grace of God and, and desire, just like yourself, is to, is to finish well. But adversity is, is part of life. It was never designed to please us. It was literally designed to devour us. And the purpose of adversity was not just to remove the enemy, but to remove something that's inside of our life that needs to go. 
busyness. It could be idolatry that could be in our life. It could be habits that we've allowed to come in inside of our lives. Whatever that might be. New Testament tells us First Corinthians, First John chapter five twenty one. Little children, keep yourself from idols. And the Amplified Bible says from anything that would occupy the place due to God with inside of our hearts. So when we speak of all these here aspects. Uh, persevere. We speak about continuing. We speak about being determined. We speak about enduring, which was the word that Jesus used. We're going to just break out the areas today with you of the areas that as believers that we need to be persevering in, that we need to be determined in and, and, and continue in. Continue to speak on, keep on some course of action. It means to last or to endure, to hold out against, to sustain without impairment or yielding to suffer without yielding and lasting. Another translation <coughs> that the Amplified usually brings out when it uses the word endure is steadfast endurance in there. So this is what I want to talk about with you today. And so there's some characteristics that I've learned over the years that we need to endure, persevere, be determined, and continue in. So if we look at in the scriptures, the first admonition that we actually have was from the apostle uh, Luke, where he said the physician in Luke 14, 22, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them, notice, to continue in the faith, endure in the faith, persevere in the faith, move steadfastly ahead in the faith. So to me, the most important area to connect with the center of the will of God is being in faith. And we know this from our faith background, without faith, apart from faith, separate from faith, it's impossible to please him. And the word please is not speaking of our righteousness that's acceptable unto God, but the word please means to come into agreement with everything that heaven is saying presently and everything that heaven is doing now inside of our lives. So he says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So I understand this here, that faith is not a concept. Faith is not an experience. Faith is not a movement. Faith is not our cause. Uh, faith is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Mark 11, the famous uh, faith quoting chapter over there, that whosoever shall say to the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he say, it shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. So we believe that. That's fundamental for our faith. But it started in verse 22 where he says, have faith in God. Have trust in God. Have your experience in God. This is the author. This is the finisher of our faith. This is the one that started the good work that's going to perfect that good work. This is where our faith needs to be, not in the institutions of man, not in me, not in anyone else, but in God. And when it's placed in God, you're going to be okay because that's a safe place. And there's so many scriptures and so many admonitions that I could give you on there. But I've recognized about faith over here is faith is what gets our prayers answered. The Bible says when you ask, he said, let him ask in faith, not wavering. So God says when you're going to pray, Pray in faith, believe, trust me that I'm going to bring to pass what it is that you're in agreement with, what it is that you're expecting. We also recognize that we resist the enemy by faith. The Bible says holding up the shield of faith wherewith we do quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. If we're not operating in faith and holding that shield up, then the enemy has a legal point of entry to penetrate our lives and to knock us out of the race over there. Uh, again, faith is a weapon. It said put on the the breastplate of faith. 
We overcome the world. We overcome the flesh and we overcome the devil by our faith out there. We receive forgiveness of sins by faith. We're made righteous by faith. There's times that I wake up and I wake up and just don't feel righteous. There's times after some hits that have hit in our life that I feel unrighteous. But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says we've been made the righteousness of God through faith. In the same respect, we are uh, uh, we have freedom from spiritual death by faith. We purify our hearts by faith. We have access to the throne of God by faith. We have peace with God through faith. And so this faith is a knowledge that we've acquired of God. It's getting to know God, spending time with God, uh, God speaking his names, praying his, the, the prayers that Jesus gave us, and all the principles of prayer, of entering into his gates with thanksgiving, worshiping God. This is all huge to God. And I'm sure these are many things that you know, but the points I want to bring out today, I want to keep them as simple as I possibly can, is to me, the most important thing is to always guard my faith. Keep my faith alive and feed my faith. And you know, we've been taught over years, many, many years, that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I believe that principle out there, that faith cometh. But literally, I had an Aramaic scholar that lives uh, actually in the next city over from me called Chilbury. And he told me one day, he said, you know, Rick, he says, uh, uh, he said, you know, I've studied the Aramaic for many, many years. And he says, the church is missing it in this area. And I said, what do you mean by that? He said, uh, when, you all, when you guys teach faith cometh, it's always future tense, okay? And I said, yeah, well, that's right. And he says, well, no, he says, if you understand the lineup of that word in the original, it means this, faith is awakened. And he says, when you got born again, Rick, he says, one of the fruits of the spirit that's already inside you is that of faith. It's just like it is love and just like it is joy. Faith is one of the fruits of the spirit inside you. But when you hear the word of God, it's awakened to coming. And that really just took the lid off it for me that, that, that we're men and women of faith. We've been born again by faith. But when we hear God's word, it's awakened on the inside. It becomes alive on the inside. It takes on flesh and blood from the very inside that we can decree and speak it forth and see the things that we speak, see the things that we decree, see the things that we say come to pass because they're more real than what we see. And when he gave me that there, it just blew my mind. And here I am now, all these years, year later, just teaching the same thing. So faith is awakened. Faith cometh that's awakened by, by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if we're not spending that time with it, then it's not going to awaken our faith. And so the second thing that we learn from the scriptures to endure in, to persevere in, persist in, to continue in, is found in Acts chapter 13, 43, and it's called the grace of God. The writer says, now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them, persuaded them to continue, endure, persist, persevere in the grace of God. And, and, and the area of grace today to me is very, very important. Uh, the epistles in the New Testament start off with grace and peace, uh, be multiplied to you. Peter said, grace and peace unto you through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, grace, mercy, and peace to the pastors in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. Uh, but the point I want to bring out, it's more than just the grace of salvation. I recognize over these years, there's a sanctifying grace, which is a progression that actually goes in inside of all of our lives. And, and many teach, you know, today that... Uh, and I call it what they would call the hyper-grace or the extreme grace. Uh, grace is a divine initiative on the side of God, empowerment from God 
to give us the ability to persevere, continue, and endure whatever would come our way. There's an empowerment. Paul, when he was challenged, he said, Jesus said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul. It's empowering to you, Paul. So there's a sanctifying, a progressive grace that goes in in our life. I've also recognized that there's a strengthening grace that goes inside of us. Not just a sanctifying and saving grace, but there's a strengthening grace. In our weaknesses, God himself is made strong in our lives. That strengthening grace is what keeps us from quitting and literally empowers us to continue to endure in spite of the storms and challenges and adverse situations that would come our way. And then we also see that there's a sharing grace, and I don't have time to develop each one of these. Say There's a whole lesson on each one of them, but there's a sharing grace, and we can see that spirit of generosity in your lives, in, in Pastors Jake and Jenny and many of the others that they've been connected with over these here many years. But then the last one is there's a serving grace. There's a grace to actually serve God. And the scriptures actually speak about the greatest in the kingdom is the one that becomes the servant of all. What I've learned about is I want to just persist and continue in the biblical grace of God that gives me the power to take his word, to decree it, to speak it, activate it, and steadfastly hold on to it till that word comes to pass inside of our lives. And so just enduring the, number one, in the faith of God, enduring the grace of God, and it goes right along in progression to the next one, which is the word of God. The writer in John 8, 31, and it's a very familiar passage to many of us, it says, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. So we can recognize this is speaking to you and I, to the believers today. If you, if, one of the 1,522 ifs in the scripture, on condition of, on supposition then, if you continue in my word, notice, continue in my word, persist in my word, persevere in my word, dwell in my word, remain in my word, endure in my word, push forward in my word, okay? Then are you my disciples indeed, and the truth you know shall set you free. So I can't overemphasize this here aspect today. I've been to many conferences over my last 40 years of ministry, and I've been to places where, you know, I'm hearing people say things for God, and there's no scriptural foundation for what they're saying, and they're sharing about experiences and things and, you know, flying around with angels, and, you know, I, I don't want to get into that at this here particular time, but the, rea the reality is I believe in angels and this and that. And when it spoke about even the scripture that they oftentimes use, it's taken out of context, okay, in the scripture. So we have to be very, very careful that we continue and persevere in the pure, unadulterated word of the God. I believe we need to rightly divide the word of truth. Apparently God put that in there because you can wrongly divide the word of truth. So to me, contextual is very, very important. What did the writer say before? What did the writer say afterwards is very, very important. And how does it harmonize with other passages in Scripture on the same thing? I believe very, verily uh, that we need to have sound biblical doctrine in everything that we're teaching and preaching and laying it out clearly and simply for the people that they're able to receive it today. So I can't overemphasize how in my life, I believe one of the greatest things that has helped me to persevere and endure uh, through some very challenging times and seasons in my life is sticking, holding fast to the promises of God. And the promises of God, they are yes 
and may our amen to every one of us that's on this here, uh, listening to this here session today. So I can't overemphasize the importance of staying in the Word of God. I want to just say something. The Word of God is not boring. The Word of God is not dry writ. Uh, 45 years ago, I heard this in one of the first messages that was ever preached about uh, Psalm 119.17. It says, Open thou my eyes that I might behold wondrous things from your law, from your word, God. And so 45 years ago, I started praying that to this day, every time I go to the scripture, I ask God, open it up, God. There's things in there today that you want to download. There's things today that you want to share and you want to get into my heart. So this is true. And the other thing is there's so much stuff that's going around on the internet today. People taking scriptures out of context, you know, in these uh, and they bash pro uh, prosperity and they bash so many different things, you know. Always be careful of the bashing. We're not, we're not in it to bash people. We're here to build people out there. If they are wrong, let's just speak what the Word of God has to say about that and let the Word of God, I believe, do the correcting inside of people's lives rather than fighting with them and getting on to that level where they're at right now. It, it, it's just a lose-lose on both ends when you go that route. And so let's just continue, uh, continue in faith. Let's continue as the scripture has set out there uh, in, in the word of God. And let's continue in the grace of God. Very, very important for us. The next one in, in, is, is that I call number four would be seeking his face continually. The writer in 1 Corinthians 16, 11, he said, seek the Lord in his strength and seek his face. Notice again, continually be determined, persist, persevere, endure in seeking his face continually. There's 243 references in the scriptures about seeking God, okay? To go in search of quest. And, and, and you know, like I, I can honestly say I'm like Paul today in this respect. He said in, in Philippians 3.10, for my determined purpose is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. I used to only pray that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. There's a second part there that I wasn't really fond of and the fellowship of his sufferings. And I've learned over the years through the hard way, through the life's knocks and hard knocks and experiences that the fellowship of his sufferings is really what knowing Christ is all about. And, and that's how you're going to really got, connect with God. So really, when you look at that there, there's two significant things that happen in every one of our lives that are milestones that we could talk about. And it's the mountaintop experience and the valley experiences, the deepest painful experiences in our life. And it's really in those times that your relationships are forged. The people that were there with you during that their time, whether it was a bridesmaid, whether it was a maid of honor, whether it was a best man, whether it was a pastor, whether it was a leader that was there in those mountaintop experiences, you, you know them and have good fond memories of them to this day. But also relationships are forged in the deepest places of pain inside of our life. And so as couples, the ability to resist the forces of darkness that want to break us and tear us apart as leaders uh, and as members, uh, the ability to resist those spirits of hell that want to bring division and dissension and disunity, that ability is released by the grace of God as we continue to seek the face of God, not just hit and miss, but continually. I believe John Maxwell told us this in a TV interview that we had done with him with our former TV program called Life Inside Out many years ago. He said, uh, it's not the big, uh, it's not the big experiences only, but he says your life is determined by what happens day by day. And those day by day is how 
it comes to the place of the mountaintop and it comes to the place of the valley experiences out there. He actually wrote a book on the Today Matters and it was an excellent book, by the way. But I have to go on. So let's hit the, the next point over there. Okay, and th this one is really huge. And I believe this is where many believers get knocked out of the race. Many believers get uh, missed the mark in this here area. It's, it's continuing in the love of God. The writer says in Galatians chapter 5, 6, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. This, this is huge. If we're, if we're going to succeed in life, if we're going to succeed in our families, in our marriage, and succeed to the end, if you want to call it, that we can finish well and hear God himself say about our lives, well done, then we're going to have to continue in the love of God. And I've recognized that it's not easy. As a matter of fact, one of my prayers uh, on a daily basis was given uh, from a good friend of mine. He's a minister uh, out of town about two hours from here near London. His name is Reverend Derek Dr uh, Drover, and you're going to get to know him. He's an incredible musician and an incredible uh, writer. And uh, he, he said, my greatest desire in 2020, he wrote this right at the end of the year, and I put it right into my prayer journal, is to love God, is to be a lover of God, that I might grow in love. And you know what? I, I've been asking God every day, help me to grow in love. And sometimes it's those, um, those sandpaper people that are inside of our lives that give us the opportunity to smooth us down a little bit, okay, that cause us to excel in our love walk out there. And sometimes we want to pray those people out of our lives, but they're actually in our lives so that that love can greatly develop and grow inside of our love. I've always said this to my kids, and I've said this to the uh, church for many, many years. I don't want to be remembered for by the messages that I preach. I don't want to be remembered as an apostle or any of that, you know, stuff and titles that people give me. I just want to be remembered simply that Rick loved people, that he cared about people. And that's really the bottom and, and top line of our life. But I need God's grace, and I need faith daily for this here to awaken, to love the unlovable, to love those people that would harm us and abuse us, to love those people that have done us uh, great harm in the kingdom, and to love them. Jesus spoke about loving our enemies for many years. I practiced this in the uh, church that I was in when people would take ads out about us and go on the radio and TV programs and, and blast us and speak against us, you know, the word of faith heretics. And, and they'd call us all kinds of different names. And I just chose uh, to, to, to bless them in spite of what they did. My church would actually, and you can ask any of the administrative wing over there, we would send them $1,000 when they would be abusive to us and speak evil against us. I would just write them out a check. Remember one of my staff was at a pastor's church in the city because they had a baby dedication and about 20 or some members of WCF from my church were all there because they were related to this family member that went to another church and the pastor took that opportunity to just blast me and tear me apart. And one of my associates was actually there and he went to the pastor and just called him on. He said, like, why would you use why would you use a baby dedication to attack Pastor Rick? Well, he said, I didn't mention his name. He said, we all sat there and we all knew who you were talking about. But he said, we all want you to know that you're a liar and the things that you spoke were not truth. And they were very, very harsh. And you need to you need to repent and make this here right. So this associate comes to me the next day and tells me about it. And uh, I said, well, what was his name? And he says, told me his name. And I said, what was his church? So he told me his church. And I said, well, come on with me. So he, I took him with me to the business office. He said, what are you doing, Rick? I said, Pastor Rick. I said, well, we're going to send him a check. And he said, Pastor Rick, come on. 
I said, yeah, we're going to bless them. This is what the Bible says. We bless their enemy. I said, this is how we're going to do life. If we're going to preach love, then we're going to actually have to demonstrate it right now. And so I can tell you many cases that we have done that over the years. So that pastor, I had him take it back to the man. And I said, just tell him that uh, I, I'd like to meet him, get him out, take him out for dinner. I want to cover all the expenses, whatever we can do. And so we ended up meeting. We ended up going out to lunch. I never discussed what he said about me, never brought it up, but just offered to help him. And he told me the areas he needed help in his church. And so I just made the provision for him, sent children's church materials over and, and helped him out in his worship areas. And uh, that was it. And, and you know what? Uh, there's blessings that are laid up for us when we operate, I believe, that way with the Spirit of God. And the last thing that I, I just want to share today is if there's one other area that we're going to continue in is in the goodness of God. One of the things that we're all strong in uh, is in generations working together, connecting together. I mean, I was doing another uh, tape even before this one on somebody's 40th anniversary celebration that they wanted me to speak on today. And, and, and I was just sharing on, on the goodness of God and how generations are coming in. And I shared with them about in Acts chapter 2 where it said, the Spirit of the Lord speaking from the prophet Joel. And it said, your young men, your older men will dream dreams. Young men shall see vision. I said, there it is, the church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in the last days, working together, serving together, young and old together, no divisions among them, no competition or comparison among them. And then what did it said That the souls would be saved out of that because we're, you and I are going to continue in the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God that bringeth men unto repentance. One of my favorite verses in the entire Bible is enter in, and every worship leader is passionate about enter into his gates with thanksgiving, come into his courts with praise, the celebration in there. And then you go right to the end verse out there uh, about the mercy of the Lord enduring for, from generation to generation. See, if people don't know the goodness of God, then what message are we really bringing to them today? I always say that God is good and gratitude sanctifies the atmosphere for the goodness of God to be released upon their life and to touch them. And so goodness uh, breaks out. It says in Romans chapter 11, Behold, therefore, the goodness and the severity of God on them which fell severity, but towards thee, towards you and I today, the goodness of God, if you continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt be cut off. Well, I believe of Hope City Church, you guys are going to continue in faith. You guys are continue in the grace of God. You're going to continue in the love of God. You're going to continue in the word of God. You're going to continue in the goodness of God. And I know that you're going to endure and finish well. And I look forward to meeting each one of you face to face in the weeks and the months and the years to come. And we just want you to know whatever we can do to assist and help you, we are there for you. And I want you all to have the best day of your life. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. God bless you. Thanks again, Pastors Jake and Jenny, two amazing cutting-edge leaders. Thank you for this incredible privilege to speak to your incredible people today. Blessings. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.